0: Com. Now your host, Marguerite Crispillo.
1: Hello everybody, I'm Marguerite Crispillo and welcome to another wonderful edition of Real Estate Real World. And today we have a very special guest, of course. We have Mr. Jay Thompson who is with Zillow. So I'm going to read his little bio here. Formerly the co-owner of Thompson's Realty, an independent brokerage in the Phoenix, Arizona area. Wow, you moved from Phoenix to Seattle, different weather, huh? That's
2: about as different as you can get.
1: (laughs) Jay Thompson joined the Zillow Group in 2012 as a director of industry outreach. Jay acts as a liaison between the agent broker community and Zillow Group in addition to providing Zillow Group employees insight into the wants and needs of real estate agents and brokers across the country. Welcome.
2: Thanks. Great to be here.
1: So I was listening and now I'm not, you're going to have to tell me his name, but you had posted the other day on your page, a podcast with, I think the CEO of Zillow, where he was talking about the culture and the environment there of Zillow. Yep. And so I read the article, which I was really fascinated by. And then I listened uh, to the podcast that he did. And I'm always fascinated a little bit by culture because I think, first of all, You know, as a real estate agent, I've been in real estate 23 years, many of us have kind of this like little love-hate relationship with Zillow, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're like one side or the other. And obviously, we're going to talk about where there's room, you know, for both to have an opinion in there. But I loved listening to the fact that what is important to him was that the culture of what you guys are currently working in is really important and taking time to do that.
2: Yep, yep. It's super. Um, And and our leadership team does a great job of maintaining that culture. Uh, You know, we started, Zillow started in 2006, so it's been about 10 years. (laughs) And back then, that was before I started working here, but it was small. There was 20 people that worked here, and it was very, very much an entrepreneurial, uh, open environment, um, and the, the leadership here has done a really good job of trying to maintain that entrepreneurial-type spirit as we grow. grew from 20 employees to almost 2,500 now. So
1: Wow, that's a huge jump.
2: It's a big jump. So w-
1: were you the first person hired for... Did they create that position that you do for you, or was that a position that had been around? Because I had never... Really heard of anyone doing that until you know you've obviously made a lot of um, yeah
2: direction. it was it was basically created. There was a guy that used to work here named David Gibbons, great guy. Um, left he left Zillow before I started working, and he did some of what I do. He did he did a lot of the community aspect side of it. Now Dave was not a former agent, so he didn't have that agent broker insight that I had, but he's a super sharp guy. So that was probably the closest thing. Um, to what I do now.
1: So what made you decide to go from, uh, well, let me ask you this. How long did you have your brokerage?
2: uh, Brokerage, I got my sales licensed in 2004. And in Arizona, you have to be uh, licensed for three years before you can sit for the broker exam. So I did that right at three years. So brokerage opened in 2007, early in 2007. So you're looking at five years roughly before I started working at Zillow?
1: Good timing there, huh? You did it right when, <laughs> right, when, right
2: when the market was, you know, not good, especially in the Phoenix area. The market was the, the yeah. we went through a really big upturn. Um, one of the craziest markets in the country. And then of course what goes up must come down. Of course. And when it came down, it came down pretty hard. But we figured, you know what, if we can if we can survive or start a brokerage and survive and thrive in a down market, then exactly. then it's that's it's all uphill from there and it works out well
1: so tell us about what your job is at Zillow what is it that you what is what is your objective what do you do there
2: um that's a really good question like you said in the introduction I act as a liaison between the broker agent community and Zillow and that's a it's a lot of brand monitoring you know I, I scour the interwebs for mentions of Zillow um there's a fair amount of Misinformation or misunderstanding about what we do. So I try to set that record straight um, And I it's it's not an easy thing to do um, It's super easy for me to come off, come across as very defensive and that's really not the intent My intent is really to, to educate people. Um, here's a perfect example um, It's a story. I use a lot. There was a gentleman who shall remain unnamed, that had been, for years, had been pretty negative towards Zillow. And he was saying something in a conversation one day that it clearly indicated to me that he really didn't understand what it is that we offer agents as far as our advertising products. And so I asked him about it privately. I said, you know, we'll call him John, John Doe. I said, John, it's pretty clear to me that you don't really understand our ad products and he said you're right I've never spent a dime on Zillow I don't really understand what it is that you do or what you offer and so then I'm going well okay how then can you be can so active in in making statements about us when you really you just told me you don't have any idea of what it is that we really do and we had a great conversation probably 30-45 minutes on the phone Um, And at the end of the conversation, he goes, well, you know what, now I know a lot more about Zillow, and it's not so evil after all, and um, he has basically disappeared from from the hater side of of the internet, (laughs) so, you know, that's one person, and if if I need to educate people one at a time about what we do, then, then that's what I'll do. Obviously, that's not very scalable, and it's not very efficient. But you know that's kind of the gist of it. I, I I don't want to defend Zillow as much as I want people to understand exactly what it is that we do.
1: So uh, I know my own opinions a little bit on this, but why do you think that? And I know you spend a lot of time in the groups. There's a lot of you know Facebook groups. I see you, and they're frequently answering questions, yep. engaging and interacting, which I think is valuable because to be honest with you, I was probably similar to that guy. I really had no idea, you know, what was going on and what was happening. And I was seeing a lot of complaints. So it helps with that. But sure. why do you, other than people, lack of knowledge, I guess would be the main one, but why do you think there are some of the, compl- well, what are the main complaints and why do you think those exist?
2: Um, great question. You know, the, uh, I hear a lot of the same a lot of the same things over and over and over. The estimates not accurate. Um, you don't have all the listings. Some of the listings are old. Um, a lot of data integrity type of questions. Um, and then there's the whole you know, Zillow doesn't even sell leads. You know, there's the very common misperception that we sell leads, and what we sell is impression based advertising. That hopefully winds up being leads and contacts but we you know we don't we don't have a package where we say we will give you 20 leads a month or 80 leads a month we we sell impressions so there's just a lot of misunderstanding i think that's a lot of it i think inherently Zillow has had or i should say Zillow Group because that's what we are now since before Zillow launched there was always this concern that some expressed that we were out to replace the real estate agent.
1: You hear that Uh, every other day in the groups, I think.
2: And I think that was probably born by the fact um, that the two co-founders, Rich Barton and Lloyd Frank, uh, co-founded Zillow. Prior to that, they co-founded Expedia, the travel site. And we all know what happened to travel agents over time, once once the Internet kind of got a hold of travel. And of course Expedia was a big part of that. So I think there were a lot of people, or are a lot of people, not a lot necessarily. There are some people that that combine those two things. They said, okay, Expedia um, disintermediated the travel agent. So clearly that's the objective of Zillows to disintermediate or eliminate the real estate agent. Uh, which really makes absolutely zero sense if you think about it. Our revenue, we have several revenue streams but our main revenue stream by far is agent advertising. So we sell advertising to real estate agents. It makes no sense that we would want to get rid of real estate agents. I don't know of any business in the history of mankind that's been successful with a strategy of eliminating their customers. (laughs) It just doesn't make sense. I get the concern and the fear, but I think if people would just stop and think about it, that's really not the plan. We want agents to be wildly successful, and that's somewhat selfish because if an agent is successful with our advertising products, then they tend to buy more advertising products, right? So we do a lot of work to help agents not just get contacts but then do something with that contact once they get them, i.e. convert them potentially into a client. Because you can have a million leads, but if you're not converting any of those leads to customers, then they don't do any money. good. Yeah. So we spend a lot of money and effort and resources on developing tools and systems and training and things like that to help advertising our advertising agents be more successful. Some of that, and people won't believe this, some of that is indeed, I think, just out of the goodness of our heart. We want people to be successful, but we're a business, right? We're in business to make money by selling advertising to real estate agents. So the, again, the more successful they are, then the, the less likely they are to cancel, the more likely they are to buy more advertising. So it, it's a win, win, win situation. I think it's a win for consumers and it's a win for agents and it's a win for us.
1: So I, in my experience in real estate, I've always tried to look at things in a, a couple different parts to the process, right? Mm-hmm. So there's the, if you look at any kind of business, there's marketing operations and finance, but marketing always comes down to how you bring business in the door, what you do to get that business in the door. Yep. And then the next part of that process is what you do to take care of those people so that they will now be repeat and referral clients, that mm-hmm. so they will refer people and repeat. And the big shift that I'm seeing in my personal opinion in the real estate industry is the, the good and the bad of what online marketing is doing or paid marketing or digital whatever you want to call it, it is it is putting some of that fear into agents of the fact that you may potentially take their business away the good part about that is hopefully if the agents are smart about it they're going to find ways to consistently improve the process
2: yep
1: right to make yep. that process better because Here's the example I give all the time when people always go, oh, you know, Uber or Zillow or somebody's going to come in and take over the real estate deal. Well, I think that there is a big portion of it that someone could take over because right now the agents aren't doing a good enough job is what it comes down to. They're not doing an extraordinary job of connecting with people and taking great care of them. So they'll repeat and refer people. So if that's the case there's always a place for you guys, right? Mm -hmm. And, and for something like that. But the last 10 feet of it, Dean Jackson says it on one of the podcasts I did with him and he says, you can't digitize the last 10 feet, which the last 10 feet is that really emotional part of the real estate process that needs the human touch that needs that connection.
2: Absolutely. You know, and I use, I use the same, um, argument as well. Um, you know, people talk and have been talking for years that the Internet's going to replace real estate agents. And buying or selling a home is way too emotional. Like you just yeah. said, it's an infrequent process from, you know, I think the NAR says the average person buys a new home every seven years. So it's emotional. It's infrequent. It's expensive. It's um, It's complicated. And anybody you know I sold real estate myself too, and anybody that 's sold real estate more for more than a few weeks understands that there 's a whole lot more to a real estate transaction than filling out a purchase contract, finding a home, and doing that that side of the business um, we 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 as real estate agents are marriage counselors, we are <laughs> psychiatrists. Um, you know,
1: bartenders, uh, if bartenders we're lucky. <laughs>
2: uh, there's a website or an app just isn't going to replace that human side of a real estate transaction, which is super important. You know, and when people say, well, you're two co-founders, you know, look what they did to travel agents. Well, tr- travel is a completely different thing in, than in real estate, animal. right? I mean, computers are very good at. Looking at big giant databases and finding the easy, the best way to get you from point A to point B at whatever time you need to be there, right? It doesn't take a lot of human, the the other day I had an event in Miami that I had to get to, and I knew, okay, I needed to be in Miami on Wednesday afternoon. So all I need to do that is a big giant database of all the flights, and I can go, okay, this flight A will get me to Miami when I need to be there. So I buy the ticket online. That is a totally different thing than trying to buy real estate online. Um, again, because all the things we were just talking about, the emotion, the infrequency, the expense. Um, I don't need to see a plane ticket before I buy it, right? I pretty much need to see a home before exactly. I buy it. And agents do far more than just unlock the door. But it's just, it's just too personal an experience. I don't think, I don't think that technology or the internet or anything else will ever be able to replace that human part of the real estate transaction. How is an app going to talk somebody off the ledge? You know, they've just got their inspection report back. <laughs> it's the home they love. And the inspector says, you know, you really need a new water heater. Your roof's only got a few few years of life left in it. Um, and then your buyer has a meltdown, right? They're like, oh, my dream home is falling apart there's no way I'm going to be able to hand somebody a phone and say, here, tap on this app and it'll fix all your problems. It just, it's just not going to happen.
1: No. And, and where I think the, the disconnect, I think with a lot of agents too, is that if they would just stop and take the time and attention to really look at the entire process. And again, Use you guys for what you're worth, right? Like Use you guys to to bring in the business, but then find ways. To me, I think that it's a great way to um, turn up the volume a little bit on your business and turn it down, turn it up or turn it down, right? We've done that. Some of us that have been around a long time did that with direct response marketing and a number of other things or different ways to market. But (laughs) really take the time to improve the process. I mean, some of the stuff that... To me, I've used Zillow to help me. Like I know most of those estimates are not accurate, and that's a way to make sure that my client understands that, so that they will call me and talk to me. So to me, it's kind of a win-win because, like, where I live is a perfect example. I live out in the country on five acres, and I live a half mile from a high-end golf community. Yep. So my house never comps right on Zillow. It's just it's not gonna because the closest comps are not comparable to my house, but they're within a half mile. Yep. So you can use that information to say, look, that's why you need us who are here locally as a professional to tweak it. But it does give you a range, at least, and an idea. I yeah. wish my house was as worth what it says on Zillow. but
2: <laughs> Yeah. And what I, what I tell people and what I used to tell my agents when I owned my brokerage was exactly what you said. Use this as an opportunity to demonstrate your expertise. Okay? There are certain things that a computer algorithm that's trying to value a house we'll never be able to do, right? We can't smell the inside of the house. We (laughs) We we... wish, somebody (laughs)
1: needs to invent that app.
2: Smell vision would be, (laughs) we'd get rich.
1: A little Um, scary.
2: It it is, you know, we don't know if the house across the street is painted purple or has a 67 Chevy up on blocks in the driveway. an example I use all the time, when I, this was before I was in real estate, I was, my company relocated me from Austin, Texas to Phoenix. So we basically had the, the kind of deal where we went to Phoenix for a weekend and we literally had Saturday and Sunday to try to find a house. So we got a great agent through our relocation company and we found the house that we loved. And I mean, it's one of those things, and you've seen it as an agent yourself too, and people do, you, some, a lot of times... A client, a buyer just walks through the front door and says, this is the one, right? They haven't even seen the rest of the house. But our agent looked at us and he goes, okay, there's something you need to know about this neighborhood. There's a dairy farm about two miles down the road. (laughs) And when the wind blows in a certain direction on cool evenings, it smells like a dairy farm, which is not a very pleasant thing. That is something to me that is virtually unfindable on the internet. Yeah, I could have looked at a map and I could have noticed that there's a dairy farm, but when you've got a guy standing in the living room of this vacant house explaining this to you, that's that kind of neighborhood knowledge and expertise is virtually impossible for a website to capture. So you've got to have that personal expert touch. And- well,
1: and and if you... If I think that if you use it in the right, it, well, let me put it this way: If you are doing your true job as a real estate agent, which should be out there connecting and networking and getting to know people, then people are going are going are going to at least look at Zillow to get a rough estimate, but they're going to call you. Yep. Like they're not going to call somebody random if you have connected with them. If they have somebody that they know, that they trust, that they have confidence in. Yep regardless of what you guys say on Zillow, they're going to call someone like that agent. So in a lot of ways, I think, I think over the last few years, agents have gotten lazy and I'm one, so I can bitch about them. But the fact is, is that I remember back in the old days and talk like old lady now when we didn't even have the dang computers, right? Right. I mean, we had to know it all. And so our jobs have gotten so easy. So when I talk a little bit about, like I mentioned the Uber, how, right now, literally, somebody could drive past a house, call me, say they want to see it, show them the house, go back, write the offer on win forms, email it to them via DocuSign right like you never even yep. have any conversation or communication with the clients anymore so to me, it's just a big red flag that says you need to get out there and connect. This is a great resource for people to start, but yep. it can't complete the entire process
2: absolutely, and I think consumers understand that I hear cuz I hear a lot of agents say well consumers just assume that your estimate is accurate and I'm, my right. argument is that you know first of all putting it, the letter z in front of the word estimate doesn't really change what it means it's an yes. estimate right? right and there's a reason we call it the z estimate not a appraisal or a price because it's not an appraisal and it's not a list price but it is a good starting point um, I tell people all the time, and I did it as an agent and a broker, if you look at the Zestimate history, because we put a nice little chart down below the listing, ignore the prices on the scale, right? Because does it, I, I don't want to say I don't care if a home's really worth 250 and the Zestimate says it's worth 220 but look at the trends of that Zestimate over time and if you do that and you match it up to true sale prices over time, the, the curves are almost exactly right. We, so, in other words, we may not nail the actual value of the home to the dollar, but we have lots of historical data that will show, look, this house has gone up and down and up and down over time. And that really does pretty well match up so we may not nail the price but we nail nailed the trend in the history which can be valuable information
1: i think absolutely so i want to go back a little bit and understand what is the, okay what's the vision really for zillow what what is it there i know you can't talk about future stuff mm-hmm. of course but there's got to be a vision in place of what what you're working towards right
2: right because we have we have a, a vision you know, right on our About page, for example, it says, Zillow is a leading real estate and rental marketplace dedicated to empowering consumers with data, inspiration, and knowledge about the place they call home. Um, we want to develop the marketplace for consumers. And I think that term marketplace can scare or or at least get agents concerned. Uh, what we mean by marketplace and um, write down Two blocks away from me is Pike Place Market in Seattle, right? It's a big open air, started as a farmer's market, but now there's all kinds of other stuff there. So that is a marketplace, meaning there are, there are vendors there selling their wares and people come and make those connections. And that's really basically what we want to do is the marketplace is we want a spot where consumers can get lots and lots of information where they can connect with professionals, real estate professionals. And it's that connection that that's, that's our goal is to, is to empower consumers with data, yes, but we also want to connect them to real estate professionals that can help them interpret and understand that data. Because right? there's mountains and mountains and reams of data out there. The internet has opened up data to everybody. It's crazy. But it is crazy. Somebody needs to interpret that data for all these consumers. Again, remember, consumers buy a home roughly every seven years. They're not into it every single day like real estate agents are. So if we can create a marketplace or a place where consumers and agents can connect and start to work together, then that's what we want to do. Um, So So
1: I want to ask a question uh, a little bit about reviews. Like, I I did do some advertising for my team uh, last year on Zillow. And one of the issues that came up when I was reviewing my profile and overall my profile looks pretty good. I got four or five hundred sales that show up on there and 23 years in real estate. But I didn't have that many reviews because I hadn't really made a concerted effort to go out and push for reviews. And so in reviewing it up against another agent in my market area, there was an agent who had only been in the business a couple years but had tons and tons of reviews. And so... I guess I wanted to have a little conversation about that and how the reviews work on there mm-hmm. because it's it appears that in talking to my rep, the number one thing that consumers appear to look at is reviews or how how do the reviews affect the business the the leads or the impressions or whatever right. it is that might come your way
2: um great question If you look at a listing on Zillow, there will be three or four agents on the in the top right hand corner of the listing right um it gets, I don't know that we need to spend a bunch of time explaining why there's three or four. Basically, there will be three paid advertisers in that box. And if the listing agent is not a paid advertiser, they're put into the same box, right, at the top of the list. So, what that box displays is it displays a little thumbnail photo with your name, phone number and it'll have the number of reviews that you have right there in that. So it's just a little tiny box that's got some basic information. So if you put your consumer hat on and think like a consumer and say, okay, I'm looking at this listing and I'm presented with these three agents, agents A, B, and C, right? And just, it's a very quick visual glance. You can go, oh, agent A has 45 reviews, agent B has 13 reviews, and agent C has two reviews. I think human nature and the way humans interact with the internet that 45 reviews stands out it tends to be the first and what most consumers do when they see these agents on the listing is they click through and go to their profile which is why the profile is super important and um, why you want it filled out and, and complete information but you want to get you've got to get the consumer to click on your profile and having a large number of reviews is just is a big positive flag, it's just gonna draw the consumer's eyes, and it makes sense, right? If I have three agents I'm looking at, and one's got 45 reviews and one's got two reviews, I'm far more inclined to click on the prof- click through on the profile of the person that has 45 reviews. Now, I don't know necessarily that those 45 reviews are gonna be what convinces the consumer to eventually contact that agent, but it's a big part of at least getting them to the profile. And then once they're on your profile, They can see your past sales. They see the about section where hopefully you're not just talking about yourself but also about what you can do for the consumer. Um, And they see the reviews, and they start reading them. And there's no question – I mean, I hear it every day because I talk to premier agents. That's what we call advertising agents, premier agents. I talk to them every day, and I hear consistently stories like, somebody called my phone and the conversation goes, I saw your reviews on Zillow, and I wanna talk to you about helping me find a home or helping me sell my home. That I saw your reviews on Zillow statement comes up a lot. And there's been all kinds of studies that we've done studies, um, lots of companies have done studies about, you know, how much do consumers trust reviews? And they trust them a lot. I think consumers are getting more and more savvy when it comes to looking at reviews. They understand that, um, you know, people tend to say things maybe on reviews that they wouldn't say face to face because they're kind of hiding behind the keyboard. They have that anonymity of hiding behind a keyboard. But when you, when you've got a whole bunch of consumers, that are going, wow, Marguerite's wonderful. She always replied to my, uh, she always answered her phone She was knowledgeable, she helped me understand that there's a dairy farm two miles down the road from the house I love. Um, And consumers put a lot of validity in that. Um, We also give agents the opportunity to respond to reviews, which I think is super important, and not very many agents take advantage of it. And people tend to lock in, they go, well, if I get a bad review, I'll respond to it. Um, I think agents should respond to every review. It's just another opportunity, for one, to get more information on your profile. And and two, it just shows the people, the consumers that are reading your reviews, what kind of person you are. Um, and an example might be you get a review that says, you know, Marguerite was amazing. She always answered her phone. She was easy to get in touch with. She was fun to work with. And that's kind of the review. You could then come in as a response and say, you know, it was wonderful working with you. We always love working with first-time homebuyers. Now you've just gotten a little kind of a little keyword, first-time homebuyers, into your Zillow profile, and you can drill that all the way down. You mentioned that you live near a golf course. You know, you can say things like, "Yeah, finding finding those golf course homes is always kind of tricky." You know, there's just replying to review is a way to get more of what you do into your profile.
1: Well, that was a great tip because I don't know that I even knew that one. So there you go, smarty pants. And here's the other thing that I, I'm sure that hopefully agents know this by now, but even if you don't advertise with you guys, you can still go in and have your profile
2: Absolutely. set
1: up. And I don't can't even tell you how many agents don't have their profile set up. So rule number one, agents, go in and clean up your profile and put your information in there. You know, do your sales, like especially newer agents. Mm-hmm. They were like, well, but I don't really have very many sales. Well, every one that you have adds to it. So yep. you're not going to be able to compete with me right now <coughs> on there. But the truth, because my, I have a lot more sales, but the bottom line is you could end up getting more reviews because actually at the end of the day when I was saying a minute ago, my profile against somebody else's, that agent was newer than me and had sold less homes, yep. but she had a lot more reviews than me. Yep. So she would actually show up first in the metrics.
2: Very, very well could, and yeah. and a lot of people ask me. They go, I don't understand. What, you know, how could this person have fewer sales but have more reviews? Um, on on Zillow Group sites, you you don't have be, you don't have to have a closed transaction to get a review. Um, and I think a lot of people just assume, well, the only I only want reviews from people that I've closed transactions with. Um, but you can ask for reviews for somebody that you've worked with. And this, it makes, I understand, it makes agents nervous. Why would I ask somebody for a review? You know, I I drugged this guy around, showed him 100 houses, and he never bought anything. Do I really want this person reviewing me? And you just might, because um, I've seen some really, really good reviews left by consumers that didn't buy a house. And when you see something like, you know, I worked with Marguerite for three months. She showed us a bunch of houses. She knew what we were looking for, but the timing just didn't work out for us. Or I got an unexpected job relocation offer right in the middle of the process. So even though I never bought a home from Marguerite, we had a great experience with her and I would highly recommend her to anybody else. That's a super powerful review. This is someone that didn't even close a transaction with you. It's talking about how wonderful you are. And consumers will eat that up. That's it's and that's a good that's 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 a good solid review. It's hard. Yeah, that's
1: good stuff. I mean, that's things I didn't really that, think about but... because uh, you know, like I said, for me, I for many years we didn't even have. Zillow. So for a long time, that was never really a part of my business. But I think that there is a space for it. And I think, like I said, the kind of whole love hate thing is you got to really try to look at both sides and figure out yep. how you can make something work for you. Sure. So tell me about some of the real success stories you see with Zillow. Um, oh. Got a couple of examples. <laughs>
2: Sure. I was just talking to or looking at somebody. They were talking about we have a we have a Facebook group that is a kind of a private closed group for some of our our bigger advertisers so that they can share, collaborate and things like that. Um, And in that Facebook group, we it's kind of corny, but we have a uh, we call it Wednesday, W I N S D A Y. So on Wednesdays. We like to just talk about wins that, that some of the agents have had. And I see things like um, there was one just the other day. I don't know if it was this Wednesday or last week. doesn't really matter. Or someone was talking about they had gotten a contact on a – the agent was in Florida, I believe, the Miami area. Real estate's expensive. But they were talking about these these transactions that they had going on because of Zillow contacts, you know. People, um, you know, looking at one and two million dollar condos on Miami Beach that they found the agent through Zillow. Um, I've, we've got, we have some advertisers that have basically built their team or brokerage around the Zillow contacts that they that they get. Um, I talk to agents every day that are successful with it, um, and I that's what I really wish I could get out to the community, particularly to the naysayers. There's a lot of people out there who'll say. Zillow leads stink, right? There's no ROI. I was talking to a guy last week that told me, he goes, Jay, I make $8 for every dollar I spend on Zillow. Okay, that's a pretty darn good return on investment. So he's like, I wanna buy more because if I make $8 for every dollar I spend, I'm gonna spend more dollars because the more I spend, the more I make. Um, I see ROI like that all the time, four, five, six, 10X ROI. Um, And I think a lot of times, Agents, I, I hate to say they're short-sighted, but it's sometimes they don't get that big long-term picture. Um, you can spend a lot of money on Zillow buying impressions, but if that money turns into commission checks, then that's a good investment. Um,
1: so let me ask you. So let me ask you this question then, because. The ones that are doing it, that are getting eight, $10 return mm-hmm. on their investment, they obviously must have a process in place yep. to make sure that they are converting these, that they are doing drip campaigns. Like The ones that you see that are most successful with that, what are they doing that others are not doing? Where are other people dropping the ball that these guys aren't?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, s- step number one in critical step is responding fast. Okay. We do at Zillow. We do a lot of consumer surveys and focus groups. We'll actually bring consumers into rooms um, and have these discussions with them. How do you use the site? What do you like about it? What don't you like about it? And so we've done a lot of studies just on consumer behavior on the internet. And you know, like it or not, it just it, it is the way it is. When somebody on the internet clicks a button that says contact an agent. They expect some kind of reply almost instantly, um, and this is kind of the nature of the internet. It's just like if you go to Amazon to buy something, when you click that buy button, you want to buy it, right? I mean, right. The, the internet kind of demands or has has, urgency made, has urgencies urgency, are great. Yeah. You know, people just so respond fast. And what I get, what I hear a lot of times when I say that is some is people say, "Well, you know what." Someone, I got a contact from Zillow, and it said, I'm interested in 123 Main Street, and I'm driving down, I'm driving in my car, going to an appointment, I don't know anything about 123 Main Street, so I don't have time to pull over, pull up the MLS and research it, so how can I respond fast if I don't know anything about the house? Well, at that, a, a perfect response for that might be, you know what, I'm in my car, I'm driving, I'm going to an appointment, I'll get back to you, you know, within an hour or two with some answers to your questions. You don't necessarily have to answer the question that somebody has to respond. Just let them know that there's a human being on the other side of the internet and that you'll help them. Our app, or we have an agent, we have a consumer app, lots of consumer apps, but we also have our Premier Agent app, which is an app designed for agents. Um, and in it again, we're trying to make it as easy as possible for agents to convert more contacts. Again, it goes back to that capitalistic, selfish thing: the more contacts you convert, the more likely you Everybody are to write their right. checks. So, in the app, we have some canned responses that are just super short. So, you'll get a you'll get a contact, and literally with the click of a button, you can say. Um, On an appointment, we'll call you right back or we'll call you back in an hour. You can also build your own responses. So you can get that initial response out super fast. Um, And that tends to stop that. The consumer goes, hey, I finally found a human being on the other end of this. And so it stops their wandering behavior. They're going to keep clicking contact and agent button until somebody contacts them. So being the first one to contact them, even if you don't have all the answers right away, is is super, super important to success. The other thing is follow-up. You know, you mentioned drip campaigns. Fortune
1: is in the follow-up, right?
2: Yep. Um, (laughs) That is super important, too. Um, We have some drip email systems or drip emails that are available, um, campaigns. There's lots of ways to follow-up. But I think a lot of agents will drop the ball there. Um, I worked internet leads myself as an agent um, long before I started at Zillow, and you just need to understand the nature of the internet consumer. They want a fast response, um, and understand too that a lot of internet shoppers, home shoppers, are fairly high up in the sales funnel. You know, they may not, they may be just be looking at houses now, and not really thinking about buying for months, maybe even years. I had on my personal blog, or not my personal blog, my real estate blog. Uh, my personal record is three and a half years later. I get a phone call. <laughs> I got a phone call one day. I'll never forget it. And this phone call comes across, and it's like, "Hey, Jay, it's Mike. How are you doing?" And I'm like, "Mike? Who the heck is Mike?" I'm looking at my wife, going, "You know, some guy named Mike." <laughs> and he's like, "I've been on your website for three years." I've been looking at homes three years. I've been looking at homes and now we're ready to go out and and now we're serious and we're ready to buy something. Are you available this weekend to show us some homes? I go back and I look through my history and I can see this guy, Mike, sure enough, a couple times a week, maybe every other week. But for the last three years, at least every few weeks, he's come and he spent 30, 45 minutes on the website. I had a drip campaign set up that, Apparently, he believed I was personally writing, writing. him these emails every time, which is fine. Um, but
1: They're good emails if they come across that yes,
2: way. Yes, exactly. You know, Point being, though, that some of these folks are a long way off in, in the buying process. And it, that's hard for an agent. They're like, okay, I'm going to have to drip on this guy and try to maintain communication for the next three years. Is it worth it? Well, my guess is... Three years from now, you're probably going to need a commission check. Yeah. So you fill up that pipeline, and then it doesn't really matter.
1: Well, it's the it's the iceberg thought process, right? Yep. So you see that a lot in marketing where, you know, just the tip of the iceberg is showing. And that's the people that have popped up and said, I'm ready to buy or sell right now. Yeah. But – of your buyers, well, probably 90% of your buyers are below the water level. Yep. And they're just kind of snooping around. They're looking at Zillow to see what their house is worth. They're, you know, checking neighborhoods out to see what prices are. And honestly, they're taking a huge chunk of the work off of our plate, if you want to look at it that way. I mean, like I said, back in the old days, we had to – Oops, lost my head. So we had to start by uh, putting them in the car and driving them around for, you know, days on end. And, yep. You know?
2: Slipping through a 3 ring binder of listings.
1: Exactly. You know, so, I mean, in some ways it's taken it off off the plate. But that follow-up, I mean, that's really where the money is.
2: It really but the, is.
1: The conversion is somewhat of a challenge. I do know that because, like. It seems that many people are doing their search late at night, you yep. know. So you get these leads that might come through at eleven, twelve o'clock at night. What do people do with those? Do they just shoot an email? Do they call? Do yep. they? Um, how do they handle those, some of the,
2: your big guys? Most of the big successful ones have autoresponders set up. Um, and, you know, I've heard all the arguments. Autoresponders aren't personal, um, which is true. But you know what? I I started off my auto response emails by saying this is an auto response email. You know, it, I'm not trying to hide the fact that it's that it's an auto response. So I just start off. You know, this is an auto response. Um, I will get back to you in the morning, um, which again, y- you've made at least some kind of yeah, contact yeah. with that person. You know, they clicked it, clicked the button that said contact an agent. So even if they get an auto response. That's a huge step ahead. They've probably already clicked that contact an agent button three or four other times and gotten nothing. So if you can be the one, I, I don't know the number, but it's a huge percentage of consumers that will basically go with the first agent that contacts them. Oh, uh, I've
1: heard those numbers. They're yeah, yeah they're yeah, like it,
2: seventy, eighty percent. Yeah, it's gigantic. I and
1: actually so here's a funny story. I actually got called. Again, I've been in real estate a long time. I got called not too long ago and they called to say they were interviewing me against a few other agents. And that like never happens yep. to me. I never have that happen. And so I was like, oh, well now this is kind of fun. I'm a competitive type person, yep. so game on. Right?
2: Yep, exactly.
1: And I went out there and I said, well, I'm so fascinated that you're interviewing a few. Like how many are you interviewing? You know? And she yep. goes, well, we decided we'd interview five. I'm like, really? Five yeah. people you interviewed? I ended up winning, uh, you know, it. the the appointment. But it was so funny because I would say that really the majority of my clients don't. They they just talk to me. Yeah.
2: yeah they're yeah.
1: they're not interviewing against other people. Mostly I think because they're too lazy for the most part. Like Slow. I don't want to interview five different people to figure out who I'm gonna pick. If I connect with the first one, I'm like, all right, that's good.
2: Exactly. <laughs> and I'm I'm fully convinced, and I always have been, that in this may sound like it's oversimplifying things, but. I think fundamentally people pick a real estate agent to work with because they like them. Absolutely. Some kind of connection with them. And it goes back to this being such a personal experience. Um, So, you know, if I'm lined up with interviewing against three other agents, it's it's still going to, yeah, you need to demonstrate your knowledge, obviously. But likability is huge. Um, And people just, people want to work with an agent that they like. So, if you can be likable um that's half the battle yeah, so
1: i agree
2: the The very successful converters at zillow though they 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 respond fast, they have follow up process um some of them have extremely detailed processes you know like i will I will make two phone calls on the first day of contact um if i don't get any contact, then I send an email on day three and I call again on day four. And in day five, I do this and that. So there are some people that have very detailed processes, um, but most aren't quite that anal about it. Right. Um, but they they almost, without fail, agents that are successful at converting leads in general, and I don't care if they come from Zillow or your own website or brokerage website, realtor.com, Internet leads kind of all tend to have the same type of behavior, um, but having that, having some sort of process is super critical to to success. We've we've we have data that shows a striking number of agents, and these are keep in mind these are agents that pay us to get contacts, that they still don't answer the phone or they don't yeah. pick up the phone or they don't reach out. Um, I, I hear people all the time say things like, "Well, I talked to them." And they're a good six months away from buying, so I'll call. will Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, but I'll, then I'll hear, I guess I'll reach out to them again in another five months and see if they're still interested. No, no, no. Don't They'll already that.
1: buy by then. Yep,
2: and with That's somebody so else. Um, yeah. So it, it's, I can't fathom why somebody that pays for leads doesn't, doesn't respond mean. to yeah, the exactly. lead. But you hear that a lot. You hear, you know, internet leads suck. Um, it is a numbers game. You're never going to convert 100% of Internet leads. Um,
1: well, you're not going to convert 100% of any leads, truthfully. I mean, I run the stats all the time, and I always tell people, I go, advertising leads typically convert 100 to 1. Whatever the advertising format yep. is, doesn't yep. matter. Business to business is 10 to 1, and referral and past client is 3 to 1. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, so that's not even 100%, it's right? Not, not,
2: yeah, nothing is. Uh, yeah. So, yes, there's, there's a bit of a numbers game to it, which can be frustrating. And when you hear things like, Three percent conversion rate. You think, wow, that's an awful lot of work, but uh, it is work. This is a, it's, work, it's right. a this, job. If
1: it was easy, I, everybody would do it.
2: <laughs> exactly, and there is no magic. There is no magic pill. There. I mean, the bottom line is, it's work. I um, at the top, my brokerage, we had thirty-two agents was our highest brokerage count, and I could to this day. If I took a list of those agents and just enlisted them by how hard they work, that will match up almost 100% with how much money they make. Absolutely. Um, the, the ones that worked harder made more money. Um, Absolutely. It's not rocket science, but that, I mean that's life. That's how it works. So you've got to work these leads. I wish, believe me, I wish we had a product that where someone could click a button and a commission check would pop out the other. Area. I
1: want that easy button. Please send yes. it to me first. I'll um, pay for it.
2: <laughs> unfortunately, it just doesn't exist. It is work. You got to understand that you're never going to land them all. Um, but try to learn something from everyone um, and, and improve. That's all you can do.
1: Well, as we wrap up today, I wanted to ask one other question. Is that what is your thoughts about, I know there was some controversy recently about, Uh, NAR not letting you guys have a booth or something Mm -hmm. at NAR. What was that all about? What are your thoughts on that?
2: That was basically um, we were going to uh, have a booth at the big NAR annual conference, which is in Orlando this year. November, yeah, yeah. Um, At the time, um, we were involved in a lawsuit. Right? It's it's a long, drawn out story, and we don't tend to talk about lawsuits, but it's not a secret. Um, move, which runs realtor.com sued us, um, claiming that we, we poached a couple of employees from them and took trade secrets and all this nonsense. Um, but NAR was, was a party in that lawsuit. They were co plaintiffs, I guess it is. Um, so I, I'm, a, this, I'm making some assumptions here, but I think somebody at NAR said, you know what? We're involved in the middle of this lawsuit with Zillow Group, so it doesn't make sense to them to have us on their trade floor. That lawsuit has since been settled. Um, it was settled out of court uh, before it went to trial. I don't know if NAR will revisit that decision, okay, because the, the reason they stated for not letting us exhibit was because of the lawsuit. The lawsuit's over. Will we, will we be allowed back in? I don't know. I, I would hope so. Um, we love to go to the NAR show. Um, you guys a, put
1: on good parties.
2: We put on good parties. <laughs> we have a nice booth. Um, yes, we make some money there. Um, to be honest, um, and this is nothing against NAR, it's expensive to, to display at a trade show. It's, it's not cheap. Um, so that's money that NAR is not making from us. Um, we probably—I don't—I don't work in sales, but I'm going to guess that we probably roughly break even. You know, it's not a big giant um, event where we walk away with tons and tons of sales. We do get them, obviously, but probably just enough to cover the cost. Um, I think we need to be there. We are, whether people love us or hate us, there's, it's indisputable. We have the highest trafficked real estate website in the country, um, in Zillow, in depending on whose numbers you listen to, either the second or third highest traffic website in Trulia. Right. So to, to not have the biggest internet presence for real estate at a trade show. At their biggest
1: event of the year.
2: Doesn't quite does, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. So I suspect that at some point NAR will come back and go, you know what, the lawsuit mess is over, it's done with, um, you guys are welcome to come back and exhibit um, if they did that, I'm sure we would be there. We're, we're, we don't hold a grudge against them. We're going to exhibit if they let us. If they don't, then then they don't.
1: There's lots of other events. There's the lots
2: of other events. We have our own events um, frequently, which which are nice. Um, they're not really sales events. They're really more informational, um, where we try to both help existing advertisers understand how to use our systems better. And, and non-advertisers, just to give them an overview of what Zillow's like. So there's lots of events. I mean, clearly NAR Annual is one of the big ones. Um, would we like to be there? Sure. Will we be there? I, I think so. But I, again, I have nothing official to base that on. Um, we, may, we may already be running into timing issues. It's possible that you know NAR said, sorry, Zillow Group, not this year. They may have filled all their Expo floor space. There may not be room for us now. I don't know but I, I assume within the next see, annuals in November, so I, sometime within the next month or so, I'm sure we'll at least know whether or not we're going to be exhibiting at NAR awesome.
1: well, Jay, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being a guest on my show today. I really appreciate it. I appreciate all the time and the attention that you are doing in the groups because you know there's some huge real estate groups out there we know yep. lab coats, owls, and a number of others yep. and the great thing is, is it helps everyone understand more about, because just like I said, I've had a love-hate relationship with you guys. That's yeah, like well, a lot <laughs> of like people have. Everybody does. And I yep. think that I've used it to really improve the way I do business and improve the systems and processes that I run on my team. But there's always a place for getting new business. So well, thank you. And,
2: you know, even if you don't, even if you never advertise with Zillow, I, like you said, I am not trying to sell anything, have a profile, all right? It's free. Why, regardless of how you feel about Zillow, it it doesn't make sense to me to not have a presence, again, on the highest traffic sites on the Internet. And since we acquired Trulia, um, we make it even a little bit easier. You can build a profile on Zillow. It'll get automatically ported over to Trulia so that you don't have to worry about double entry and keeping up two separate profiles. They basically feed off of each other put those past sales in there, because consumers love that. It's a really good visual way for consumers to see how busy you are. And yes, I talk to Zillow advertising agents every day, but I also talk to agents frequently that don't advertise with us, but still get business from us. And that's free business. Yeah, that's pretty,
1: I've had a few of those calls, not even in the areas that I ever advertised in. Yep. And I'm always baffled by that. I'm like, how did they get my information? Well I'm not even paying for advertising.
2: So it's that, profile, cool. that profile's key and I think it's, it is pretty cool and and you can get a lot of mileage out of it. So, so Well good.
1: thanks again. I sure. appreciate your time. I look forward to meeting you in person here one of these days. Are you gonna be at Inman in San Francisco? I am Oh, well, I'll meet you there. I'll That's, look forward to connecting should, yes, with you there. We
2: should have coffee or a drink or dinner or something.
1: Absolutely. I would love to. That'd
2: be great. And we should do this again. So I could talk about this stuff forever. So uh,
1: Anytime you want to come back on the show, you just holler. We'll have All you right. again. Well, maybe All next right.
2: time we have a little product a product announcement or something like that, we can come on and talk about that. Because yeah, we're I would always talking to. about new stuff. So.
1: That would be awesome. Thanks cool. again. All right. All right, everybody. Go out and make it a great day. Thank you, Jay.
0: Thank you for joining us today on Real Estate Real World where we talk with masters and leaders in real estate and beyond on how we can raise the bar in our industry. Please subscribe over on iTunes. And while you're there, be sure to give us a review. Your reviews encourage us and help others find our podcast. For show notes and hot topics on what's going on right now in our real estate industry, hop on over to www.realestaterealworld.com and add your name to our email. Thanks again for listening and go out there. Be a part of the elite masterclass in raising the bar on the real estate industry.